My name is Moore Milo. I'm Ross Anarelli. And this is the Market Today podcast, where every single week we bring you guys a new book that we have read for the week, something having to do with psychology or business, philosophy, something interesting. And we give you guys kind of our two, uh, two cents on it, what we thought was good, what we thought was bad, whether it was worth the read, and uh, whether you should read it. In addition to that, we also like to, you know, jump into what's going on in the world and just kind of talk about the financial markets, hence the Market Today podcast name. So this week uh, is no exception. We have another book that we've read uh, by a by the anxiety guy, uh, a guy named Dennis, who uh, he has written a book called Anxiety in the Brain. Um, and before we get into that, we just kind of wanted to, uh, first of all, Take a second to to honor what's going on in the world. Um, you know, man, what's happening in the in the in the east is uh, it's, it's a little crazy. We're we're seeing some uh, interesting parts of, of of humanity coming to light. You know, uh, things that we haven't seen in a while. War and um, you know countries battling against each other, and you know we're just looking forward to a, a, a the most peaceful conclusion of all of that. Um, for the better for everyone. But with all that being said, there's there's a lot of things going on in the financial markets that are direct reflection of what's happening in the in the East. Um, so Ross, you know, you want to talk a little bit about uh, the ruble and what, how how that versus uh, you know some cryptocurrencies, kind of what happened there during over the last couple weeks? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been crazy, especially in the last few days. You know, I think we're starting to see the effect of these sanctions on Russia when it comes to their financial system. And one of the things we just recently saw was the, the ruble pretty much crashed in price. I mean, it went down to the equivalent of, I think, about a penny compared to the U.S. dollar, which is just insane to think. But it's also crazy to look at what they're doing. You know, they've raised interest, interest rates, which is not like in the U.S. where we raise it by 1% or 2%. They raised it by over 10%. Interest rate is now 20% in Russia on deposits. I mean, it is just an absolutely crazy time. A lot of people have been moving their money um, into crypto, which is why we've seen Bitcoin just absolutely skyrocket in about the last um, two to three days. I mean, Bitcoin was hovering, you know, pretty low for a while down, you know, where were we earlier in the month? I mean, down in like the high 30s and 40s. You know, and now we're at 44. We've jumped from 37.7, so 37,700, all the way up to 44,400. So just a massive, massive leap in about a day. So it's it's something really interesting to watch. But yeah, like I said, we, you know, our hearts and prayers go out to the people of Ukraine, the people affected by this. But, you know, for us, we just want to take the time today to look at kind of, you know, a little different side and just kind of touch on those you know, from, from a market perspective, but it is wild to see what's happening. People do not trust their own currencies, and it kind of shows you what can happen um, to a country's currency. You know, granted, here they went to war, which is as far extreme as you can get. But, you know, the same way we saw Canada, um, you know, having bank runs in their own country because of what they were doing to hold people's um, bank accounts. I mean, when it comes to money, I feel like money has become so much less secure. You know, everyone's printing money. Everyone's so quick to to adjust or to change or to fluctuate something. And 
you know, I, I don't know if we're just at a point where band-aids have piled on, but it's just a crazy time to be, you know, be living. Have you seen anything as well this week as far as the markets are concerned more that, you know, whether it be Russia or Ukraine related or elsewhere that's kind of piqued your interest? Well, you know, I think it's the just the concept of how political action can shut down the people's access to money. I mean, that's that's more prevalent now than it ever has been because of the advent of digital banking and how everyone has moved to kind of like this digital institution um, where they manage all their money through cyberspace. So I think more than anything, it's really interesting to, to notice the fact that we are so reliant on our finances and at the same time, they're more manipulatable uh, than ever, right? Like the 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 ability for someone to freeze an account, you know, is at the at a moment's notice. You know, someone can decide to freeze someone else's account. So it's really uh, it's really interesting this war on on finance, this war on money that's happening all throughout these political conflicts, whether it's, you know, Canada and the Freedom Convoy or what's happening now with SWIFT uh, in, in the Ukraine and Russia. It's, uh, it's a little, it's, it's very interesting to now have the perspective that our governments, our financial institutions, our, you know, the people that we believe in to a certain extent um, can have so much power over us. So I think now more than ever, it's just an opportunity to become educated and understand where your money is going, where you've put your money, and, and uh, you know how you can protect it. Um, so I just I, I think that whole conversation is interesting. I mean, in this in this case, Ross, what do what you know what protection would you take? you know, if you were in, in, in a situation like this. And it's it's hard to imagine, right? Like, I can't even, I'm trying to put myself in those shoes. And, you know, and this is just such a testament to what uh, people in the East right now are going through. But, um, you know, how, like, what do you do in that type of situation when you don't have access to your funds? Or, like, how do you protect yourself from that? Like, do you, have, do you where, where do you even start? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. To be honest, I would say I don't know. I think the reason why we've been seeing such a push of, of funds to cryptocurrencies that it's so easy to get a hold of if you want it. You know, if if you think of like currently, if I wanted to exchange, you know, US dollars for euros, right? I have to physically probably go into a bank, switch some money out. Maybe I can do it online. I don't know. I've never really tried it too much. The last time I tried to um, swap out, like I said, USD for euros, I had to call my bank. They ordered enough. I came in, picked it up, and then I went on a, a trip to Europe. But I think because now you can be in the comfort of your own home, download an app, um, link your bank account to it real quick, buy some crypto, whether it be Bitcoin, Ethereum, whatever you want to put it in, um, and then you can quickly store that offline. You know, and it's a store of value right now that the rest of the world still um, can agree on. We've seen countries like El Salvador and things like that. So crypto is inherently risky. But if you're watching your own country's currency, you know, pretty much plummet, it's probably the best option only because of, you know, easeability, the ability to be able to get this um, and keep it 
because like I heard someone in a debate the other day talking about gold versus crypto uh, or Bitcoin more specifically. And the person was saying, you know, why would I want to buy gold right now if my economy is crashing? Why would I want to buy gold? It's going to be heavy to try to get with me. If I'm trying to flee a country, the chances are there's some corrupt person, someone somewhere that's looking to take my gold bars and I'm not going to have it. But, you know, if I'm coming through with my cryptocurrency, no one knows I have it. You know, if you, if you're, if you remember your seed phrase, you don't need to actually um, have anything written down, things like that. So it's, it can be more secure. It can travel easier. It can store the value the same. So there's a lot of benefits, but we're definitely in that point where we're starting to really see war in the modern era. I know Afghanistan and things like that were going on forever, but... You know, there's just a different narrative going around right now, and I, and I think it's it's got a lot to do with race. I think it's got a lot to do with, um, you know, the geopolitical benefit for NATO having um, Ukraine, and same thing for Russia having Ukraine. It's, it's really kind of right in the, in the middle. So it's a crazy time. So let's see what really holds, you know. Do these countries look to put their money in other places? Is crypto the main place? Um, I'm going to be curious because that will tell us how valuable something is. You know, if people are deciding to store their money digitally into something like Bitcoin that you can argue, you know, these countries can't get into, then maybe that's really the benefit. Maybe that's what people are really realizing is that cryptocurrency can keep you safe from your own government or before your government was there to protect you. So, I don't know. I'm curious to see where this goes. Um, but I would definitely say because of easeability, Crypto probably is the best option for a lot of people who are unsure what to do. Yeah, that'd be actually, that, I think that makes some sense. Um, you know, the, just the ability to transfer everything from anywhere. But yeah. Now, with that being said, let's go ahead and hop into the book for the week. So this week we read a book by the guy by a guy named Dennis Simsek, uh, and he's, he's the anxiety guy. Um, so Ross, what are your thoughts? 10,000 foot view, like anxiety in the brain. What, what, what were your thoughts? It was okay. I think the, the issue that I had with it is it was a little too simple. Um, it was broken out into a few little sections and categories. Um, nothing very high level. Um, it was a shorter book, only about a 90 minute book. Um, author does read slow. So you could honestly say it's a little bit shorter than that, but it was okay. I mean, they talked, they went into things about, you know, understanding what we've heard from other things, almost like understanding your why. They talked about you do need a reason to get up and, you know, get up out of bed in the morning and things like that. But when it comes to anxiety, it was a lot of it was trying to understand, you know, if you have anxiety and understanding, you know, that you are kind of the main person that controls it. You know, if you're looking to different substances to try to help with anxiety, those are all just band-aids, essentially. You need to look for the real underlying reason that you're looking to go to these things and why you're having this you know, anxiety in your life. So there was nothing really groundbreaking, nothing too crazy, um, but I thought it was okay. I would say for you more, you know, when you think of anxiety, is there anything that you've you know, kind of learned in your years or things like that that would be good advice for anyone who uh, struggles with anxiety? Well, you know, I think that... Anxiety is a very personal thing, right? And I wouldn't say I'm an anxiety expert from any by by any in any way in you know, but when I think about anxiety, I think about excitement, uh, you know, because I feel like that 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 anxious energy, that nervousness, 
paired along with it is this feeling of excitement for doing something new to, to, you know, try something that you might fail at. Um, so I would just, you know, maybe challenge people to, to think about the excitement aspect of anxiety, like the, the, the new, the, the thing that is going to push you to be the best version of yourself. But you know, that's, that's just me. That's a personal thing. So I have no idea. But what I will say, um, is that it's always good to have, have someone to kind of be a sounding board. Um, and it seems, it seems that this book was very much kind of like a, a bit of a sounding board to, to kind of be a backbone of like, okay, yes, this is real. This is happening. This is part of life. Here's kind of some structure around it. And, you know, here's how you can start to frame your own anxiety. Um, but in my personal opinion, the, the easiest way to, to kind of overcome it is to find a way to position it as, as excitement. What about you? Yeah, same thing. I think it's it's kind of that journey. I think a lot of people look for a quick fix. Um, where I think, you know, more people will kind of tell you it's more of just the journey. You know, you're looking for what works for you, what doesn't work for you, what your triggers are, things like that, and just trying to understand how you can control, you know, your environment. Or if you're someone who doesn't suffer from it, you know, trying to be able to look at how you can help those around you who do have it. Um, but like you said, it's incredibly personal. I think that's probably why this book is a very difficult one to to grade, essentially, because, you know, what can feel common sense obviously may not be common, but we're just seeing, you know, a collection sometimes of, of authors who are more so, in my opinion, looking to create some value as far as, you know, their marketing is concerned. Nothing wrong with that. I think if you are going to market, bringing value is the best way. Um, but I would rather probably read an anxiety book by, you know, maybe a, a storied author or a, not a storied author, but a, you know, maybe a professor somewhere. Something where there's a little bit more into the science and the nuances of it. Um, but all in all, it was fine. I think it's very middle of the road. It was an okay book. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just okay for me. Any final thoughts more? You know, I don't think so. I think, um, overall it's always good to take an opportunity to just look at different things that might be holding us back and, you know, finding ways to, to reframe them, to allow us to, to overcome them. Um, so with that being said, guys, my name is Moore Milo. I'm Ralph this was the Market Today podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week, and we'll see you next week. Take care.